to Blast from the Arsenal. Hey everybody, how you all doing? On the back of Sunday night's history-making announcement about Arsenal being one of a number of leading clubs in Europe, and Tottenham, uh, to be forming a new breakaway European Super League, I think I've got a pretty good idea of how most of you are feeling, but more on that shortly. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Blast from the Arsenal, your weekly podcast for all things Arsenal, and proudly sponsored by Productive Design. If this is your first time listening or you are a long-time listener, we welcome you to our show. I'm Angelo, your host. Joining me as ever is Diddley. Now, Diddley, putting football to one side for just a second, obviously lots to talk about as there always is, but uh, how are things with you? Everything right, mate? Good evening, Angelo. Good evening, everyone. Yeah, I'm good, thanks, mate. Uh, all things considered. Uh, personally, back in the gym, feeling a bit bit sore today. Um, <laughs> yourself, are you good? Yeah, much the same, mate. Much the same. I think I mentioned last week I got back in the gym and I was feeling, I was feeling good. Yeah. This weekend, bit of DIY in the garden, you know. And I thought this is quite a nice stress relief. And then, uh, I say, putting football to one side, it's, it's, uh, it's difficult not to mention it really. But uh, a nice stress relief. And go to bed on Sunday night. I thought oh, I'll just quickly check my phone, see what's going on in the world. Bosh. So uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll get onto that in just a moment. But other than football, I'm pretty good, mate. So, um, good, good. Yeah, all, all good. Um, listeners, please take a minute to, it might not even take that long, a second to subscribe to our podcast so that you never miss an episode. And make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram too. Uh, Diddly, in case anyone is still unfamiliar with the social media handle that they need to follow, what is it? It is at Blast Arsenal Pod. It is Blast Arsenal Pods. Correct. He says it every week so elegantly. <laughs> Okay, uh, obviously we've got to talk about the uh, European Super League. We'll come on to that, obviously, in a second. Uh, we've got loads to, to talk through as we do every week. Arsenal-Fulham at the weekend. We thought all well, the VAR controversies there were going to be enough to keep us busy for this episode. Um, but as I say, that's that's probably going to play second fiddle at the moment to, um, to everything else that we've got to talk about. Uh, Arsenal-Everton on Friday, 8 p.m. this week. Uh, so we've got that to look at. And, of course, we want to have a quick look back on uh, well, what was a high uh, for Arsenal on the, the comeback to, to beat Slavia Prague and, um, you know, semi-final that we may not even get to play. <laughs> so uh, j- just all of that to get through. Plus, you might, yeah, you might say a lot to get through, Angelo. A lot to get through this week. Indeed, Diddley. Indeed. But... As we do every week, no matter, you know, rain or sun, which has nothing to do with the football, but, you know, it's just a, a contrast in uh, in conditions. We always start with Tweet of the Week. So, Diddley, do you think? Tweet of the Week, Tweet of the Week, Tweet of the Week. Now, unsurprisingly, a lot of the tweets that we've, uh, well, some of the best content that we've seen are obviously in relation to the European Super League uh, some cracking memes coming out in the past 24 hours. People are very creative, Diddly, you know, very quick. I feel like people have this sort of stuff stored for years on years just in case something like this ever happens. They'd be like, right, it's in my European Super League meme folder. There's always some great stuff <laughs> that's come out. Yeah, I do. A bit like when celebrities die, but we'll uh, we'll leave that one there. Um, so I've got one I'm going to kick off with, but of course, uh, you know, do do chip in. This one's from Chief, who is at Chief underscore AFC. It's a picture of a friend of every Arsenal fan, Jermaine Genus. And it says, uh, 
genus on Pizza Hut, Netflix, Super League of the Day about how Spurs deserved a, a lot more and were worthy of the win after getting smashed 6-1 by Juventus. <laughs> uh, which is, uh, which, which I, I do like. And, and obviously, the, yeah, genius. standard genus. And obviously the irony with that one is all of the different uh, sponsors, Pizza Hut, Netflix, Super League, um, which is just what's going to happen, isn't it? Uh, any others that have come across your uh, your your eyes? Otherwise, I've got plenty here to choose from. Uh, one here I saw from Kai Humphreys at Kai Humphreys. Tottenham joining a European Super League is like Banana Man getting called up to be an Avenger. <laughs> and I don't even watch Avengers. I've never seen it, but I still get the reference. That's how good that tweet is. A lot of respect. Yeah, good tweet, good tweet. Uh, another one here from at RB underscore London underscore RB. It says, Arsenal fans, Arteta out if we don't make the Champions League this year. Stan Kroenke. The what? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's been that long. Yeah. It's been that long. Uh, you sent me a, a cracking one earlier, not to put you on the spot. I've got it here, so I don't know if you remember it, but um, <laughs> it was an Aubameyang... Spurs-related one. I don't know if you, you remember uh, Yeah, it. I've got that here. I can read that one out. Go on, it's great. Uh, FC, uh, who is at Aviv underscore Lavi. My sources are telling me that Oba has recovered from malaria more times, one, than Harry Kane has won a trophy in his career. None. Uh, accurate as ever. Accurate as ever. Uh, the other thing on that, just while we're talking Harry Kane, is uh, I did see someone post something earlier that said something along the lines of, 164 goals for Spurs and it all counts for nothing. Because <laughs> if we get expelled from the Premier League. Yeah. Um, next one I've seen, this one's gone viral. So I, I feel like just because of that, we can't give it any more attention in terms of choosing it as tweet of the week. I'm just going to state that now. But literally, I think last time I was right, about 50,000 likes. Um, fair play to this guy because I know he hasn't got a lot of followers. No, no offence. Having checked it out. So he's done well with this bang of a tweet, I think the kids call it. Um, this is Nervik, who's at... NIBFC. It's a picture of Ronaldo looking particularly pissed off, and it says, I just realized in 50 years, kids are going to be saying Ronaldo and Messi played against farmers and didn't do it in the Super League. Um, yeah. Which is, which is true. Which is true. You could just imagine it. Yeah, but you only did it against, you know, Atletico, Atletico Madrid and, uh, and Chelsea. Farmers League, Premier League, La Liga. Uh, you got any others there? I've got a couple more otherwise. Uh, I haven't got any more, no, sorry. Oh, oh no, no, you're good. Right, I've got three more, which is a lot of tweet of the weeks this week, so we do need to whittle it down. This one's from Nathan Din hyphen karaoke. I hope I've said that right. At Nathan underscore DK. Fast forward to 2052 when eight clubs form a breakaway super duper league, and in 2082 when football is just El Clasico every week in the mega awesome power league. <laughs> which is true you know where, where do you start with these things everyone wants more money and have to recreate something don't they um this one is, have you ever heard of the tv show uh in the uk it's called would i lie to you and someone has to read out a load of facts or a fact and convince yeah. you that it's the truth or a lie so this is a uh somebody on that show their head is the arsenal badge and they're holding a would i lie to you card and on that card supposedly they're reading I once announced I was joining a European Super League the same day I only managed to draw the 18th place team in the league with a 97th minute equaliser. <laughs> um, finally, 
uh again this is a this is a verified account i always feel like we, we don't want to give the big guys the uh you know the props on tweet of the week but this is a funny one it's from johnny sharples uh, it's a picture of ant and deck and it says voting for the final three places in the super league is now open to vote for ajax text the word ajax to 83936 <laughs> which is the format for all of their programs isn't it so loads of good yeah, yeah. loads of good content and that's only a um a snippet of, of some of what we've seen. Um, any clear winners there for you? Any that you particularly like? Oh, they're all really good. I don't know how I'm supposed to choose one. Can we just not do it this week and have Twat of the Week and Stan Kroenke? Yeah. Twat of the Week. Twat of the Week. Twat, twat of the week. week. Twat of the Week. Yes. Stan Kroenke, congratulations. You are Twat of the Week. We'll <laughs> at you on Twitter. <laughs> Oh God! So thank you everybody for posting lots of funny stuff on the um, on the Twitter timeline this past week. But especially, like I said, the past 24 hours have been uh, engulfed with fantastic content, and no doubt we'll see more as the uh, well, developments sort of take shape. Really. Uh, so on that note, Diddley, let's talk the European Super League. There's, there's, you know, there's no fun and games this week. It's all down to serious stuff, unfortunately. Um, do you have details, a quick overview of what it is, or do you want me to run through it? If you've got some details there, mate, yeah, yeah far just, away. Just in case anyone's been in, in a cave and got just no Wi Fi. Yeah, so Sunday evening announcement was made a joint statement by uh, 12 of Europe's leading football clubs, or as I mentioned before, 11 and Tottenham. Um, and they've announced that they've agreed to establish a new midweek competition, which is called the European Super League, and it'll be governed by the founding clubs. Um, and the proposal involves the clubs forming their own competition to rival the UEFA Champions League. So we're still at early stages at the moment, but what we do know is that those big clubs are the six from the Premier League, Manchester United, Man City, Liverpool, Arsenal, Chelsea and Tottenham. Uh, and then we've got from Italy and Spain, uh, AC Milan, Atletico Madrid, uh, Barcelona, Inter, Juve, uh, who else have we got? And Real Madrid, so that's right. So they're the main clubs that are, are putting their hand up to say, I'm going to be part of this, let's host it, let's uh, let's form this new league. It is anticipated that 12 will become 15, so there'll be another three clubs that are going to join. Um, however, some have opposed it already, so they were invited, uh, leading clubs that have been invited but have decided not to join from the outset include Bayern Munich and Borussia Dortmund, uh, Paris Saint-Germain. I think I saw today RB Leipzig and Porto have actually turned around and said we were invited but we said no. Yeah. Um, so, you know, really, really is, you know, a massive shake-up of football. Um, the, the key thing around this is money. So as I understand it, um, the clubs are each going to be given somewhere between 250 to 300 million just to participate in this league. So whether you come first or last minimum, you're going to get is two, two to 300 million. Uh, and then obviously there'll be prize money for the further up the, the league you come. That's without sponsorship. That's without TV rights. That's without them doing something off their own back. Obviously more money that they might make through their individual sponsorship at the clubs. Um, but that's how I understand it to to be. Um, so, Dilly, what are your first thoughts on this? Because 
a breakaway league isn't new in football per se, because obviously the formation of the Premier League in 1992 was a, a joint thing by the old league or first division clubs and, and Sky, basically. Um, and everyone of a certain generation feels like the Premier League killed football in this country because of, you know, the elites electing themselves as the best league and self-interest. Uh, and for me, it kind of snowballed into you then had clubs that were putting their hand in their pocket themselves, i.e. the Abramovich and Man Cities of this world. Uh, and, and it's kind of just snowballed and snowballed and snowballed into becoming sort of little pet projects for really rich people around the world that don't give a shit about football or about the heritage of the clubs and the football pyramid and everything else. So what oh, that's a lot to take in and apologies, but what's your view yeah, what, yeah. on the, you know, when you first saw the, uh, the announcement, what did you think? Oh, I was pretty angry. Um, sad. I felt betrayed as well by the club that uh, I've grown up with, the club that I love, the club that I always felt were a class above a lot of other ones. Um, and as it sunk in, I sort of kind of started to feel a bit anxious about what the future holds as a football supporter in general and, and an Arsenal supporter. Mm-hmm. You know, Is this something I, I really want to be a part of? Um, obviously, we do this. I'm passionate about Arsenal, you know, before the pandemic. Couldn't go all the time. Now, I'm not a season ticket holder, but I go when I can or, you know, I support the team how, how I can. Um, for some people, it, it's, it's more than that. You know, some people, it's all, all they have. Uh, I feel for them, it's being taken away from them. I just I don't recognise it anymore. Yeah, and and you know, maybe a bit like me, maybe you and like many Arsenal fans and maybe many football fans become really disillusioned with what football has already become, let alone with the European Super League coming along. Um, you know, money does talk. But yeah, yeah, it does, and that's that's what it comes down to. It comes down to money. Uh, it's just greedy owners that think they can do whatever they want with uh, these teams or these businesses as, as they see them this product and it's disgusting so what about you how do you feel about it um i think i feel like most clubs oh, club, most clubs most um, supporters feel you know i think no matter what arsenal has always had that elegance of um I don't know, almost an arrogance about us that we are the Arsenal. We do things the right way. Um, and even though Stan Kroenke came in when he did, and we have seen a decline in the Arsenal, there's still something special about our club, you know? Um, and I feel like this just is the anti-Arsenals. Everything that couldn't be more against what our club stands for. I mean, we are, we're famous, aren't we? Um with Rocky himself, David Rocastle. Um, remember who you are, what you are, and what you represent. And I can be further from the truth right now because no one's listening to to that motto, are they? Yet two weeks ago, they were sort of celebrating his life and everything that that he stood for as an Arsenal player. And it's like, well, and that's probably going off a bit off a, on a tangent there. But I, I just really, really 
don't like it. And it's weird because being on the inside, being an Arsenal fan, to some degree, you could say, oh, I'm glad we're one of them. I'm glad we're going to get all this money. You know, fuck everyone else. We're going to be all right. But that's not how football should be. And I think that it's, well, no, it's not. Um, but I think there will there will be fans that feel that way. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, I wouldn't want to assume or, or guess what other, how other people feel, but. You know, I, I imagine if if you only know, um, you know, the last sort of few years of shit that Arsene Wenger was was uh, putting out, um, to be honest, you know, because it was. Um, and then I take it now. Up though, to now, <laughs> huh? yeah, I take it now. Yeah, and and that up to now. Um, yeah, but it's it's not what it's all about, is it? No. It's uh you know, people have their traditions and, and going to a game, they'll you know, their their pre match, they'll meet up with people that they sit near, they'll walk down the roads to you know, I mean I've got mine, you know, walking down from Finsbury Park when I get the train in. Um going to the old triangle for a beer, you know, all that could be gone. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so my understanding is, and this is the problem, it is still very unclear, but I think they're proposing that um, this would be instead of any European football. So no Champions League, no Europa League. This would, this would replace that. And we would still play in the Premier League so have our normal domestic, um, you know, Premier League campaign, um, but then play these extra games in place of European football uh, as, you know, a, a midweek league of its own. Does that make sense? Um, so I guess you still get yeah. to do all of that stuff, but I don't know. There's something nice about only... So what about you? How do you feel about it? Um, I think I feel like most clubs, oh, club, most clubs, most um, supporters feel, you know, I think no matter what, Arsenal has always had that elegance of, um, I don't know, almost an arrogance about us that we are the Arsenal. We do things the right way. Um, and even though Stan Kroenke came in when he did and, we have seen a decline in the Arsenal. There's still something special about our club, you know? Um, and I feel like this just is the anti-Arsenals. Everything that couldn't be more against what our club stands for. I mean, we are, we're famous, aren't we? Um, with Rocky himself, David Rocastle. Um, remember who you are, what you are and what you represent. And... I could be further from the truth right now because no one's listening to to that motto, are they? Yet two weeks ago they were sort of celebrating his life and everything that that he stood for as an Arsenal player, and it's like, well, and that's probably going off a bit off a, on a tangent there, but I, I just really, really don't like it, and it's weird because being on the inside, being an Arsenal fan, to some degree you could say, well, I'm glad we're one of them, I'm glad we're going to get all this money, you know, fuck everyone else, we're going to be all right. But that's not how football should be. And I think that it's well, no, it's not. 
Um, but I think there will there will be fans that feel that way. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, I wouldn't want to assume or, or guess what other how other people feel, but you know, I I imagine if if you only know, um, you know, the last sort of few years of shit that Arsene Wenger was was uh, putting out. Um, to be honest, you know, because it was, um, and then I take it now. Up though, to now, huh? <laughs> Yeah, we take it now. Yeah, and and that up to now, um, yeah, but it's it's not what it's all about, is it? No, it's uh, you know people have their traditions and and going to a game. They'll you know their their pre match, they'll meet up with people that they sit near. They'll walk down the roads to you know i mean i've got mine you know walking down from finsby park when i get the training um going to the old triangle for a beer you know all that could be gone yeah yeah so 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 my understanding is and this is the problem it is still very unclear but i think they're proposing that um this would be instead of any European football, so no Champions League, no Europa League. This would this would replace that, and we would still play in the Premier League. So have our normal domestic, um, you know, Premier League campaign, um, but then play these extra games in place of European football uh, as you know a, a midweek league of its own. Does that make sense? Um, so I guess you still get yeah. to do all of that stuff, but. I don't know. There's something nice about only playing Bayern Munich, you know, once every three seasons or something. And not just because you get hammered 5-1 every time, but it's something special, isn't there? If you do, it's like anything, too much of, of something is, is uh, is it too much of a good thing is not a bad thing. I can't remember what the phrase is, but you know what I mean? You you, you almost um, don't yeah, appreciate yeah. what you've got when you have so much of it. And so when you, you don't get it very often yeah. or you, you, you see you know european cup football draws it's like oh who who, who they got even for teams that are not arsenal you know when is the champions league yeah champions league night you know midweek against you know like you say Bayern munich it's a special thing Mm. you know and then but when it's if it's going to be well, yeah, we got Bayern Munich this week, but next week we've got Juventus, and then the week after that, oh, yeah, we're back at Juventus in a couple of weeks. Well, yeah. You know, there's no... For me, the, the worst... Apart, put, putting money all aside and stuff, it's the lack of competitiveness Yeah. That that's going to be there, because without that... What what have you got left? Yeah. Exhibition yeah. games. Well, that's what they are, though, essentially, isn't um, it? A lot of players get questioned for the amount of money they earn and whether they're actually motivated. But if they haven't even got to qualify for anything, you know, I, yeah, are they going to be putting a shift in? Yeah. On a Wednesday night uh, away to Burnley? Yeah. Well, who cares if, you know, who cares if we finish fourth? 
Yeah, still in, in the, the Super League. Still in the Super League. And well, this is the thing, isn't it? Champions League football has always been um, just as important as finishing first when a player is coming to a club, isn't it? You know, they play Champions League football. They might not win the league all the time, but they play Champions League football. That's where the money is. That's where the big stage is. And I want to join that club. And obviously, when you've fallen further down the pecking order in terms of qualifying for the Champions League, and I do mean Arsenal, but obviously you've got AC Milan and you've got uh, Man United haven't been in it that frequent. Spurs have only sort of been in it more frequently the past few years, but even so, this year they're not. When you're guaranteed to be in it, and therefore you're guaranteed to get the best players because you've got the most money. From a player perspective, like you say, what what's the motivation? What is the motivation if you if you're if you're going to be able to uh, to play that that sort of football every, every year? And apparently they've signed up for 23 years as a minimum. So we're going to have 23 years of European Super League football to to cream. And that's what it is. It's cream and the money. Um, yeah, mad. Yeah. But, um, I, just, I, guess, I don't even know where, where we... Well, where you go with it, yeah. No, I was going to say, I've got this from the um, Super League website about the format of how it works, because over the past 24 hours, there's been lots of uh, rumour. So this is what it reads. The Super League is a new European competition between 20 top clubs comprised of 15 founders and five annual qualifiers. So there will be qualifiers to get in, and then once you're in, you stay in, I'm guessing, and then the door's shut at 20 until they decide to expand it again. Um There'll be two groups of 10 clubs each playing home and away fixtures within the group each year. Following the group stage, eight clubs will qualify for a knockout tournament playing home and away until the single match Super League Championship in a dramatic four-week end to the season. Games will be played midweek and all clubs will remain in their domestic leagues. How American does that sound? Does that just not sound so MLS to you? It's almost like having the Eastern yeah, Conference and a um, Western Conference, and then they come together and then they play. I don't know. Yeah, I've seen people sort of comparing, you know, well, you know, we created the Premier League and, you know, we moved away from the European Cup and created the Champions League, and it's all motivated by money and, and greed. To a certain extent, it is, but at the same time, it was it's more of a restructure and a repackaging of something that already exists yeah that's just been put back out there you know nice and shiny brand new people teams uh, clubs still involved can still qualify for it but this is just elite elite uh clubs so to speak mm-hmm. but it's not even the clubs because the managers don't know anything about it it seems neither did the players yeah. This is just, uh, uh, with all due respect, you know, American owners, billionaires, oligarchs, just having fun doing whatever they want to do. Yeah. And from day one, you know, when sort of soccer, as as they call it, started being played and the MLS was created, they wanted to make changes then. They got rid of draws. They changed the way they took penalties initially. Yeah, that's a mad that one. stupid fucking run-up thing that they did, yeah. 1v1. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, which is a bit like ice hockey, isn't it, where you come from the halfway line with the puck and... Yeah, yeah. 
It's uh, it, look. This is just about the rich getting richer, isn't it? It's about the rich getting richer. If yeah. we weren't, if we weren't one of the clubs invited, what would we be saying? This is bullshit. How can we don't get a chance to have a go? Or you know, if it's happening, it's happening. But that's not fair. What money are we gonna get? You're gonna have the best pick of the players. You know, you you. But the things they already do. Yeah. Yeah. But clubs already do. Nothing, what's, nothing's going to change. The change is, though. Yeah, I guess the change is, and this is exactly what we just spoke about with the format, the change is that in the Champions League, you can earn your right to be in it. You know, you can... Um, look at Leipzig. And I might be wrong with this, but aren't Leipzig like 10 years old or something as a club? Maybe not even that. And they've, they've sort of worked their way from nothing in Germany to being the Champions League team. You know, they've earned that right. Look at Leicester. Leicester were as low down as League One a few years back, and they've they've won the Premier League and earned their right to be in the Champions League. This new format doesn't yeah, allow they do for have that. rich owners. They do, they do. Yeah, you're right. But uh, to be fair, yeah, look at Leicester's only a matter of time, mate, until they ask for an invite into the into the Super League. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um they're gonna want a piece of that pie. Well, everyone will, because that's where the money's going to be. So let, let's talk about some of the repercussions that have been muted, because uh, th- there are talks of domestic clubs in England, certainly, being expelled from the Premier League, and you, you, you're going to have to go back down to the bottom and work your way up, um, which I can't see happening because the Premier League brand is based largely on the supporters around the world for those clubs. You take those out of it and replace them with six clubs from the championship and move everyone up down the leagues. You know, I just can't see that one happening personally. Um, There's talk of any player that plays for a club that joins the Europa, yeah, sorry, European, um, European Super League won't be allowed to represent their countries. I can't see that happening. Can you? Can you imagine the World Cup without Messi and uh, you know all the big superstars that play for all the big powerhouses? There's big Not money. Really, no. There's big. There's big money in these competitions from the sponsors. The sponsors have signed up on the basis that the best teams are going to be there. So I, I, you know, there's lots that's being spoken about. And as early as this Friday, there's talk of what happens to clubs that are in Europe still this season. So. Champions League and uh, and Europa League. Obviously, we've got a semi-final coming up against Villarreal. There's talk that we might be expelled from the from the tournament, along with. I don't think that's going to happen. I can't see. Honest. I can't see that it will. But let's talk of it. And it's, but, it's but this announcement and the timing of it. How how are the players going to be motivated for it now? They must be thinking. Well, what's the point if we don't get in it? It's only for a year. Yeah. We'll be we'll be in the this other stupid league. Yeah. If not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, look, it might not happen, but this is um, embarrassing for for us as a club, and um, it's going to cause massive rift and and divides between the different fan bases throughout the Premier League, between fans, fans that want it, and fans that don't want it. Yeah. Um. 
you know, there's already bands going up outside the Emirates. I mean, we should have seen this coming, shouldn't we? Yeah, yeah. Well, it was. I mean, we, we, we all knew it was coming. Yeah, well, I was gonna say we should we should have known it was coming, but uh, Wenger predicted it ten years ago, didn't he? Um, yeah. Because he was close to everything that happened at Arsenal, and this isn't an overnight decision, so he probably knew that it was coming, but did you know it wasn't advanced stage enough to talk about it? But he did say, I reckon there'll be a European Super League. And I think it's bad for the game. And you know, these these people involved in football are not are not owners; they're investors. And what do investors want? They want a return on their profit. So you think? I don't know what Stan Kroenke bought Arsenal for in the end. I don't know if you remember. Is that 400 mil, something like that? I don't know. We'll throw that number in there. You know, you get into the European Super League, you're going to double your money overnight on the basis that you're going to get, you know, 350 million just for turning up. So. For, for someone like him, it's 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 like printing money, isn't it? Um, I guess the thing is, you know, I just don't. Un- I, sorry, I just don't understand the motivation behind it. I know I understand it's money, but they've got so much of it already. Yeah. But how can they possibly enough, need or want more? It's never enough. You think about how many of these these top clubs are actually in debt. You know, Barcelona are on the brink of going bankrupt, apparently, if you, if you believe reports. You know, when, when you keep putting your wages up and you're only getting the same sort of money elsewhere in Europe, the Premier League is the one that's grown all the time, but the others the others aren't. Um, the, the ones that I don't get... Well, no, I was going to say, was the ones I don't get is Arsenal have fallen from grace so dramatically over the past few years in Europe. So for Arsenal, there's... It's still wrong, but there's a motivation to get back at the top table and earn big money. For those that are already at the top table, you Liverpool's, you Man City's, um, you know Real Madrid, Barca, etc. What's in it for them? What literally? What is in it? What is in it for them? I don't. That's what I don't get. Is it that they don't want to get left behind? I mean, this this could all just be a big power play to push you over and get something more back from them. Yeah. So look, this is what we're all willing to do. Um, but yeah, we're just gonna have to wait and see what happens next, I guess. We are. The only thing that's, I guess, they started to put the wheels in motion is a number of clubs um, have or have their, um, I don't know, they are chairman or, or vice chairman or. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, executive teams have stepped down from the um, European Club Association, the ECA. I think they used to be known as the G14 back in the day before that was dissolved. Um, but it's basically your opportunity as one of the largest clubs in in Europe to sit on the board with others and, and sort of talk about mutual uh, decisions that affect the game in Europe. Well, uh, I, I certainly... Vinay has, has stepped away and uh, stepped down from Arsenal, but um, I'm led to believe Juve, uh, Man United, Chelsea, Tottenham, Inter Milan, AC Milan have all stepped down from that board in the last 24 hours because I assume they don't want to be UEFA recognised because they're forming their own league, which they'll self-govern amongst themselves anyway by the sounds of it. Uh, they just sound like a bunch of kids that have 
taking their football home. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mad. Absolutely. Um, You talk about bad timing. Uh, There's two things that are bad timing here. One is that the Champions League has just undergone a reformat in itself, isn't it? I don't know if you've seen that. Due to go live from 2024. Um, I haven't, actually. So, yeah, so it was literally confirmed today so there's 32 okay. teams that make up the champions that league is bad timing. it is bad timing yeah 32 teams that make up the champions league at the minute they're extending it to 36 um there's new spots for elite clubs that have failed to qualify so there's still an element of look you're not quite good enough to be here but you're a big powerhouse in europe please join our competition something about that still seems wrong there's one league instead of uh groups so, again, quite similar. Uh, the best date to reach the knockouts. Other teams have to qualify through a new round of playoffs. Every club is guaranteed 10 games increase in revenue. So it's quite a similar concept, but I think they've gone, well, if we create our own, we can have more of the money than if we join, you know. The, the I mean, I, I'm, I don't know, particularly have an issue with competitions sort of changing their format slightly and, I don't. I'm with you. I don't agree with that having a buy because you you're you're a rich club or or you're mm. one of the top clubs. Yeah. But yeah, certainly you know changing the format of it just to freshen it up and make it more exciting and and stuff like that. Fine, make your money that way. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, don't. You can't change a hundred years of history just no. like that. No. Football is money these days. You know, I think we said before, I, I'm sure I had this conversation with someone. The Champions League for me was best when it was just the champions because it really meant the best were playing the best, you know? Yeah. But but then it became the top two, then it became the top four. I don't think they even start with the top three in England. It just went straight to a top four, I'm sure. Um, but it, it's dissolved and dissolved and dissolved and it's... It has. It's continuing to happen. So yeah, the, the UEFA Cup, for instance, used to be a fun European competition with lots of heavy hitters in it. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's some good good games in that. If you go back and watch them on YouTube or, or yeah. whatever, you know, Juventus, you know, they they used to do well in that competition. Um, but yeah, as soon as they start changing things, you know, the, the Europa League's oh, is what it is, isn't it? It's not great. It's not. It's a second-rate competition. Yeah. Sorry? It's a second-rate European competition. Yeah. I think there's too many teams in it, and and the quality's not, not quite there anymore. No. Uh, no. I mean, it can't be, because we've made it to the semi-final. So. Yeah. Well, and also, you've got to think, if the Champions League is getting bigger and bigger, they're taking more of the top teams out of the respective leagues, which means you're having to dig deeper into the you know, for the Europa League places to be filled up. So you're going even further down the league. Plus you get the dropouts from the Champions League. It, it, everything just seems like a, a huge mess. You know, everything in everything in world football seems a mess. If you start right at the top with FIFA, all the way down through to the, the various bodies around the world, it's all just such a mess. And the one big driver is money. That's, that's, that's it. I mean, like I said, I've been so disillusioned with football for so long mad that we started a flipping podcast and that's how we felt but you sort of feel like now nah, come on it will we'll ride the highs and lows and this this really does feel like a low um it a, does a- it does um but listen listeners 
we'll we'll finish the season out and then we'll go from there. Yes. Uh, yeah. As the we carry on next. Well, season. they they claim this is going to um, start in August. Sorry. They claim that this is going to start in August, but I can't see how that can happen. Oh, yeah. Especially on the back of the Euros. The <laughs> yeah. I think uh, we've probably waffled on a little bit now about about this subject, but we put it out there on Twitter as to whether um, you guys had any thoughts on it. Um, any questions? Uh, do you want to read any of those out, Andrew? I will. I will. Just as I get those, um, yeah. it's just one more thing that I just want to harp on about, sure. and that is, uh, again, on timing, because I said there were two things. The second one was the hypocrisy that is coming out of Sky at the moment uh, and all of these presenters and yeah. pundits that have made massive money from the Premier League, yeah. whether as players, whether as um, yeah. uh, broadcasters, um, you know, and uh, uh, talking about money and how it's not fair on people and it's not fair on the fans. You know, these are the same sort of people that were saying, oh, pandemic, yeah. Uh, we're going to charge a £15 a game to watch, a, uh, uh, you know, a game on your uh, – uh, on your Sky, BT, Virgin, whatever it is, package that you've already got, that you already pay for. So, you know, I think someone needs to have a, a hard look at themselves, really, and think, it's all right, sort of saying... Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, 100%. It's all right saying, oh, not not fair on the fans. Well, you weren't fair on the fans. You know, it's, it's everyone's got an agenda, and it's uh, it's everyone's way of wanting to get the most money and be part of the party without, you know, being hypocritical anyway look let's talk about these comments that we got because uh again it was, it was a busy day on twitter today and um, first one we've got is ashish shetty who's ashish s8782 uh not easy to say but thank you for that uh, it says the, the europa super league uh, europa Euro- european super league makes the premier league redundant which makes the championship redundant it makes the uefa champions league europa league worthless which will make uefa earn less money greed wins over greed your thoughts on that? Yep. Agree? Yeah. I worry about, you know, some. it's going to kill some of these clubs that are already struggling. Mm. You know? It, it, it depends what they come out with, doesn't it? If they say, what if they were to come out and say, it's closed for the minute, we've got this elite group that are going to be playing each other for however many years until we're up to the 20 teams. However, each league is going to get a kickback of X amount to put through the system to grassroots football. Because if you think of it like now, if you're not in the Champions League, you don't get anything. You know, worse off. Choose a Burnley, for example, just a club that came to that. You know, with all the respect, they're not really going to make the Champions League anytime soon. So they're no worse off from a financial perspective for this happening from a, from a living the dream perspective, they're, they're obviously much worse off because they haven't even got the opportunity. And that's, that's what it is. Um, so if they came back with a kickback like that, do you think that might change people's minds? Because then that won't make the premier league redundant, the champions league redundant because the money will filter through the, the pyramid. Or is it the intent that's killed it? I just feel like it takes away the integrity of the competition still with yeah. these clubs that don't have to qualify for for said European competition. Mm. 
you know yeah yeah. Uh, yeah and i mean there is, there is a flip side to everything that that could open doors it could filter down you know other teams will be able to compete yeah but i'm not i'm not holding out any hope for it it just seems a little all a little bit manufactured and, and sterile and oh, i'm not that interested really yeah yeah sorry no, I I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. I think they make a good point as well. It does make the Champions League redundant because if well, this yeah. European League does its own thing and those teams aren't therefore going to be in the Champions League, if they finish in the top four, do they just give up their position and their spot is given to the next team down? Which the six clubs from the six clubs from England. So let's say the top six are those clubs in the European Super League. Does that mean that 7th to 10th, 11th even, uh, then qualify for the Champions League? Then that, that becomes the Europa League, effectively. And then the Europa League becomes like a nothing league competition. Yeah, it, just, it does go on forever. So it's a, it's a good point, Ashish. It's very... Um, it just dilutes dilutes everything. Um, next question is from AFC Luca, who is at N5 for life. Uh, and Luca says, do you think it would happen with fans in stadiums or would the booing be too much for the owners? So I guess what they're saying is we're playing Everton on Friday. Do you think if mm. the whole stadium revolted and turned on the team, which is not what you want, would that have any impact on uh, on these clubs making it's their not, decision? It's not the team's fault. It's not the players' fault. So uh, this is higher up, much higher. Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely go out and protest. Um, yeah, if, peaceful protest. Know. I don't think the booing uh, make a difference. The owners made it quite clear that I think that, you know if the game, yeah, you know, I think I think there would be some noise. I mean, it could have an effect. It's it's quite convenient that they've done it while no fans are are allowed in. Um, I think as soon as they are, they'll be voicing their opinions on it. Yeah. I mean, I've seen people talking about giving up season tickets and voting with their feet. And Arsenal has always been, certainly, and I've seen all the time I've supported it. I've, I've always loved the dream of owning a season ticket, but as I say, never had one. But um, there's always a waiting list. It's famous. There's always a waiting list. So you give yours up, someone's going to be willing to take it, and you're voting with your yeah, feet. But will. the numbers, the numbers will be the same because somebody will, will will want it. Um, and that's almost one of the draws of Arsenal. You know, we're we're so loyal, if you like, as fans that we'll spend the money no matter how high it tends to be, and you know, wherever you may go, we're going to follow and all that sort of stuff. That's why we're renowned for being such a expensive club if that's the right phrase to use you know high season tickets in in europe yeah i mean how many how many shirts have they peddled this season yeah and people have gone out and bought them yeah um training tops yeah you name it more than ever that i can yeah oh this special limited edition one that pharrell's designed man eat a dick it's it's absolute money driven nonsense. Yeah, yeah. But you know, it's supply and demand. If you put it out there and people buy it, you're not going to stop, are you? Well, 
that's the messed up thing. Maybe take now's the time to take a stand. Stop buying products from there. Stop, you know, like you say, with your feet, vote with your feet. Put your, keep your hands in your pockets, you know. Go go support your local team. If you want to buy it, instead of buying a Arsenal shirt, go down, you know, buy a support your local side, buy a match program. Go and watch that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, friend of the show, Paul Smith. Oh, Schmighty at Schmighty00. Long time no speak, friend. Uh, he says, so what happens to Champions League now then? And Europa League. The fact that Arsenal and Tottenham are even involved shows it's pish. Arsenal in ninth. Great word, pish. Arsenal in ninth. What's super about them? Leicester won the league more recent and are in better form. Where's their invite? Shambles. I think... I'm sure I heard Leicester were spoken to about it, but said, no, I might be wrong. It's so hard to keep up. But um, it's a valid point. It's absolutely a valid point. I can't understand how we've been invited and still considered a top tier club. And I, I did put a tweet out actually, same with Tottenham. I did put a tweet out saying London based, you know, fans that spend money, 60,000 stadium. Of course, the, you know, of course we're going to get invited. Um, so thanks for that, Paul. It's a good point. Uh, right. An opposition to all the naysayers. Hutzo. Hashtag yes to Super League, uh, who is at Hutzo underscore. The European Super League is a great idea, and I don't understand why everyone is so upset, which is one of the very few that I've seen that is pro the European Super League. Mm. Um, I did respond and ask why. Why do you think it's super? And he's put, because the Super League is all of Europe's elite. Then this Super League was always going to happen, but COVID hurried it along. So that was that one. Uh, sorry, everybody, just looking. I've lost my train of thought. Where's it gone? Where's it gone? Actually, I think that might have been all of them. Here's me chit chatting. Oh, here we go. Sorry, last one from Harry, who's at Harry underscore JR49. Uh, and he says, clubs being part of the European Super League, will they still be participating in the Premier League, La Liga, Serie A? Actually, I don't find the Europa, European Super League as amazing as some say it is. Not much difference from the Champions League. And also the, com- the Champions League is more competitive because you have to work hard to earn it. Yes, agreed, Harry. You do have to work hard to get in there. Uh, anything else you want to mention on the European Super League. I mean, we spoke about it for quite a bit, but some some strong views, and no doubt we'll see what uh, what actually comes of it all in, in the coming weeks, or coming days, certainly, but certainly the coming weeks as well. Um, but anything else, anything else you want to talk about on that? No, not for now, I don't think. I think let's move on and, and talk about some actual football. Let's talk about some actual football, yes. Um, so, Arsenal played Fulham at the weekend. Um, a one-all draw. VAR. Uh, Eddie scoring. Goals ruled out. Offsides. Uh, frustration. But, of course, we'll start where we always start, which is the lineup, diddly. Um, and some surprises in there, I think. 
Yeah, Matt Ryan uh, coming in to replace uh, Bern Leno. Um, Do you know anything about Matt? Bellerin came back into the side about Matt Ryan. Yeah, is that injury-led or just game time and resting? Or? Uh, I think um, Arteta said before the game that you know he's been working like a beast in training and, and deserved the chance um, to play. And, you know, goalkeepers physically-wise don't do the same amount as the rest of the team but there is a mental aspect to it and you know it wouldn't do Bernd Leno any harm to, to just have a, a week off would it well there, there are rumors that uh, Leno has supposedly come out and said yeah I'm gonna get to the end of my contract I might try something new somewhere else do you think this is maybe right, Arteta's okay. way of saying I'm still the boss here. I'll decide well, I guess we'll see in the next match whether he plays or not Mm. Yeah. Okay, sorry, mate, I was interrupting you there, but yeah, yeah far away. I don't know. Uh, yeah, Bellerin, Shakra again at left back, uh, Rob Holding and Gabriel centre backs. El Nenny coming in for party in centre midfield alongside Danny Ceballos. Emil Smith Rowe at the number 10 spot with Saka on the right, Martinelli on the left, and Lacazette again up front. Again, up front, yes, very telling. Again, no Oba. No. On the bench. No. Um, no, he didn't even make the bench, did he? Is that what you just said? Recovering from malaria, yeah. isn't he? As we yeah, just heard in yeah. Get week. well soon, Oba. Yeah, get well soon. Um, now, I have to confess, I didn't actually watch the game as it was on, uh, but I have seen the game back since. Um I've seen, I, I, I tell you, this is what happened. I didn't watch the game. I was uh, busy in the garden with my dad, um, just being honest. And then I came off, uh, came off, sorry. Then I finished in the garden, uh, you know, relaxing for the evening. Obviously, I'd kept in touch with the score anyway. I was chatting to you about it, Diddley. Um, and then I saw a lot of negative uh, energy, is probably the right phrase to use, uh, against Arsenal and the fact that we scraped a draw against Fulham. And then it says, as I watched mm-hmm. the game afterwards or since, and I was really confused by why everyone was so angry because, as we'll get on to, there were some really tight VAR decisions, which if they'd gone our way would have been quite comfortable. There's goal line clearances. There were, I think we hit the post. You know, there's a number of different things that if, if you know, millimetres had gone the right way for us, actually it could have been quite a convincing win, couldn't it? Um, but as someone that actually watched the game in real time, give mm-hmm. me an overview of your feeling during and after the game yeah we we weren't at our best far from it um you know very it was poor at times quite slow with the passing the build-up play uh wasn't really too much of a press and, and Fulham were pretty much begging for us to pounce on them and make them force them to make a mistake the way they were playing around at it with it at the back um but we didn't really push that hard on that but you know we did make some chances like you said I think we spoke about it last week fine um and we are talking literally millimeters yeah for some of these decisions the VAR offside for Danny Ceballos which was you know a touch unlucky maybe I think the lines are pretty much bang on yeah how they can make that sort of decision um, and what sort of advantage Bukayo Saka 
gained when he was going away from goal and you know is is one thing uh, it's not a clear and obvious error is another argument I suppose you could put yeah. forward yeah um, but look, there was that uh, there was a lot of Bellerin hate I saw on Twitter as well mm-hmm. um, you know he didn't have a great game but did come up with that assist you know had it counted um, he it's was only a lot of fine margins right there Fine margins again, you know. Was it a penalty for them? I don't know. Not for me. It's one of yeah. Well, I tell you what. Let, let's run through some of these key decisions then, um, because the first one, if I'm not mistaken, there was a um, as you say, the offside, the first offside goal, um, which was scored by Ceballos, wasn't it? It was the cross uh, by Bellerin. He headed in, or Ceballos headed in, and it was literally. Saka's toenail that was offside and VAR ruled it out. Is that right? Is that, uh, I understood that that to be correct as the first incident? Yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah. Um, and, you know, when I when I look back at that, I, I remember thinking, I remember thinking, I don't remember many decisions like that going for us this year. Do you? As in where... Well, there's certainly more... Backing up against us. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So, it, it, look, it's frustrating. Yeah. Um, that pretty much summed up the first half, to be honest. Second half, kind of more of the same. Fulham didn't really offer anything, really, going forward. Yeah. And the one time they did, they they uh, they get a penalty. Yeah. So what's the deal with the penalty? If, again, if I remember correctly, Gabriel actually intercepts and, and sort of cuts out the ball, doesn't he? Um, but it kind of ricochets off his foot, and so he goes in for the second challenge to clear it. And I've looked at this a number of times and I can't work out if he does catch him, uh, Lamina, or whether he's anticipating that he's going to get that touch and makes the most of it. There's also the case that the issue of uh, the fact that he was offside, you know, borderlines, you know, very similar to the Saka one. Yeah. Um, But they, they decided that he wasn't for that one, you know. Yeah another decision that, that went against us. Um, After that. And, and which was a good, as we say, a good goal that was dispatched by um, uh, Mayer. Is that right? And I, I don't Josh know if you... Maja. Josh Maja, that's it. Sorry. I, I never know how to say his name properly. Um, but I don't know if you saw the tweet by, um, by Fulham uh, earlier today. And uh, it said, spot on Ash Josh Madger and it's showing a video of his penalty against us and it says a sweet penalty against European Super League opposition <laughs> um, as a nice as a nice piss take so uh, yeah there you go um, so yeah that was the first that was the, the, the first goal of the game anything happened between then and Eddie's involvement I mean obviously there's plenty of bits involved uh... Party and Pep came on. Um, 
you'd think they'd sort of drive us forward, but didn't offer too much until Martinelli crossed it for Pepe, who, who had a header on target and sort of the keeper got is I don't know, a bit of luck, bit of a good yeah. save. Managed to get a foot to it and, and keep it out. Um, yeah, after that, we, we were sort of pushing and pushing and right in the last minute, we get a corner. Uh, Matt Ryan comes up from from goal and manages to to get a flick on. I love that, you know, that sort of... A, That's old school, brilliant football that though, isn't it? School, yeah. You, I, I've never seen Bernd Leno do that. What, go up? Mm. I don't know if it's because it was so late in the game, maybe. Um, I'm desperately trying to find a stat I saw earlier, um, which I'm sure I can find. Yeah, so Matt Ryan flicks it on the ball to Danny Ceballos, who hits a fairly good shot on target. Uh, the keeper parries it, and uh, Eddie Nketiah followed up with an easy tapping. He did, super Eddie, and um, um, good, good, good for him to score. I did their best to rule that out as <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Um, it does feel like everyone hates Arsenal for some reason. Um, I, I can't find typically I why that is. Andrew. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Um, I can't find the. Uh, Do you think these decisions are going to get any better? I think it depends on who the officials are, because I think you know this. Uh, there was, uh, you know, all these stats that I've seen. The first stat I saw was that uh, Matt Ryan is like the, I don't know, one of only X amount of keepers to have two touches in a uh, opposition box or something like that. Um, does he actually get the assist for that? Did it come off Matt Ryan go straight to Eddie and Katia? No, it was a Sabio's shot. It was, so it was right. That's right. That's right. Ariola didn't want to make a tit of himself. Um, shocking. Uh, and the other, the other stat I saw, which again I haven't got, so I've not done very well on my stats here, is this game was obviously refereed by Craig Pawson, uh, infamous Craig Pawson who hates Arsenal. There was, the, the stat was the amount of games that he's uh, refereed and Arsenal have, um, you know, something like they played. Five lost, four drew, one or something crazy like that. Um, but all in all, not a um, not the best result for us. And I think last week we were talking about right. Do Arsenal need to go Europa League or bust? Um, I, I feel like this has really made our decision for us. Um, you know, putting putting the uh, European Super League to one side for a second because we at this point we had anticipated that was quite going to happen. Um, it's hard to predict, I guess, what we should do on the basis of we don't know what the next 24 hour holds, let alone the rest of the week. Um, thoughts yeah, on to, to scrape to scrape the barrel for for some positives from it. We kept going to the last minute, last seconds, and I think deservedly earned a point because you know we weren't that bad as as people made out, I don't think. And uh, just to stay unbeaten as well, you know, to not lose the game, just to keep that little bit of momentum going um, as we gear up for the for the Europa semi-final. <laughs> well, we hope, yeah. Um, I think people probably had issue with the fact that it was Fulham 
and their 18th and look like they're going down and we can smash them yeah. to pieces. Obviously, the big problem that came out of this game was Lacazette. Uh, went off injured with a lot, what looks like a hamstring injury. Uh, I understand going to be yeah. assessed tomorrow, being Tuesday, to determine the extent of his injury. I always remember Wenger saying, hamstring injury, you're looking at least 21 days minimum. So three weeks, which, right, would, rule yeah. him out, which would rule him out of the semi-final uh, against Villarreal, the first leg. And obviously with, with the Bamiyang currently being out, I don't know when he's expected back, but... Um, we need a switch turnaround on those two, don't we? If one's going off, one needs to be coming back. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, bad yeah, times. Fingers crossed. As it was quite a lethargic performance again, do you think that was maybe due to the fact that um, we just smashed Slavia Prague? Because uh, I think we should talk about that and give the credit their, their dues. Um you know, Thursday night, gone there, one all from the previous game, let in that last-minute equaliser uh, and needed to score to stay in the competition and get through. Um, boy, did they work wonders that yeah. night. It was one of the best performances I've seen in God knows how long. Um, talk talk me it through was, that, because I know you got yeah. some detail on it. We just we looked lively. We looked at it. Um and I think a lot of the credit should go down to Emil Smith-Rowe and Kyo Saka. Mm-hmm. Again, you know, the, those those two young talents just pushing us forward and creating stuff and, and the movement and the link-up play. It's, it's brilliant to watch. They, they Saka, couldn't handle Saka, it. And, uh, yeah. You say Saka in particular looked particularly reinvigorated, didn't he? Because we'd said recently how fatigued he looked. Uh, yeah, he really looks on it, and um, and yeah, as you say, uh, Emma Smith Rowe as well really looks the biz. Yeah, we do, but you know, we do need more of a plan than just give it to Saka and hope he does something with it. You know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So look, first goal, Pepe takes it really well. I thought it was a nice finish. Who again, you know, he had, he had a good game, and he's had a. If you just look at his stats, he's had a he's had quite a good season. Yeah. So far, you know. Um, that was think all. He's improving. Well, yeah, I was say, yeah. I was going to say. I mean, I felt like that was largely Emil Smith throw. I think he got about five nutmegs in there. Oh, probably about it was probably about two actually, but even two is impressive in the eighteen-yard box in against an opposition. Um. Does amazingly well, doesn't he? And then, yeah, Pepe, I think that was some real composure that he showed because he took the extra touch to take it around the goalkeeper, didn't he? Um, mm. And that's the sort of thing that I think maybe he would have rushed this time last year. Um, so do I think he's improving? Yeah, I, I think he's really improving, actually. He's got some end products. And we said before, he might have to have five chances to do something but with one of them you're definitely going to get some form of end product um you feel like there's a buzz when he gets the yeah, ball that you know he can run at players take them on and do something yeah just to give you some figures here 24 starts he's made this season yeah uh he's got 10 goals five assists and created 40 chances wow 39 appearances in total. So, you know, he's got double figures in goals. It's 
it's what he should be getting really it's nothing he's not pulling up trees but yeah you know, if he can add five to that by the end of the season it's it's pretty good decent yeah in a average up and that's being polite arsenal team this season and largely playing in parts in a new position because that right wing spot really is sackers i think so it's kind of vying for that left winger type role uh really is he improving yeah massively is he a 72 million pound player yet not even close um but we're getting there and he's still young you know we have to remember he's still young not everyone's a finished product at, at you know 24 25 um so that was a good opener um and then some redemption for Lacazette wasn't there yeah and of course that image I think is going to stay with us for a long time at the start of the game you know Iconic. going down on on, on one knee those spot what, what are they called? Slavia Pro players. Yeah. Yeah, that is iconic. He was just sort of eyeballing them basically as they were standing and staring mm-hmm. at the the team. Um, so uh, yeah, talk us through what what Laka did because obviously the the week before he'd gone through one on one and hit the crossbar or hit the post one or the other. Um, yeah, this one is Emil Smith Rowe down the right who pulls it back for Bukayo Saka who gets brought down in the box. Um, you know, n- never in doubt. Lacazette uh, does take a good penalty. You know, he always strikes it well. Yeah, yeah, never in doubt. Um, he, and overall, had a good game. Uh, the next one, Bukayo Saka, one v one versus a defender. Had him on toast, cut inside. Nice strike, near post finish. Yeah, budget petter checking goal couldn't get anywhere near it. Game <laughs> over. Yeah, yeah. And uh, oh, we missed Saka's. Yeah, yeah, go on, mate. Yeah, go on, mate. Yeah, second half. You know, four nil. Pepe down the left uh, finds Lacazette in the box. A little bit of trickery. Switches it to his left foot. Brilliant. Bish, bash, bosh. Yeah, I said it's like a power league goal. That you know, the way he just uh, tagged it with his right foot onto his left foot and then just bashed it. That was a brilliant, brilliant invention. And I feel like he's just getting into form. He's playing lots of games and now he's got this injury. Um, we're still at that crossroads, aren't we, with Lacazette? Uh, and he must be even more worried now that he's got injured around contract discussion um, because he's only got a year left on his contract. There's no talks at the minute. I don't know if they're waiting to see how the season ended but uh an injured Lacazette if we are deciding to sell is hopefully it's not long term because it's going to be harder to move and his value will probably diminish um, but if he comes back fit and healthy would you offer him that contract or not I feel like it's a weekly question at the moment but yeah oh god I mean always felt built this is probably the right time to move on from Lacazette to cash in. He's having a good season by his standards, I think. And I do like the guy, you know, what, what he stands for and what he brings to the team and his attitude. And But, yeah, if there's a better player out there that offers something a bit extra, we should look to do it. Yeah. 
I'm so undecided. I really am on the fence with him because. Well, yeah. He's. Uh, I know what you're saying. I think sometimes we 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 take players like that for granted. Look at Oli Giroud, for example. You know, I think maybe we let him go a season or two too early. Personally, you know, Kenny's, he's done a good job for Chelsea since he's been there. Um, and I just don't want us to get into that position where we pie off Lacazette too early and he's still doing a really good job somewhere else. Let's not forget we're, what, 11th in the league now? 9th in the league? I forget where we are now. Um, we're certainly not pushing the top. And so what type of player can we really attract? Yes, we're still Arsenal. Yes, people know we've now got £300 million burning a hole in our pocket because of this uh, this potential European Super League situation. But, you know, we're not going to get an Mbappe or a Haaland, are we? Um, so, you know, who are we going to get? And, and apparently he's got really good, um, what's the word? Really good uh, way of showing the youngsters this is how we do things, you know, helping mm. them, educating them, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, it's a tricky one, and I'm glad I don't have to make that decision, put it that way. But at 30 years old, he'll be looking for his last big contract, and it's whether we're willing to give it to him. If that's the case, you know. It just feels like deja vu. Like we keep making these mistakes, you know, a poten- yeah. another potential mistake of offering yeah. a big contract to a, to a 30 year old. He doesn't seem like a big contract you player. Know, Sorry? He doesn't, he doesn't have the aura of a big contract player for me. No. no. Arsene Wenger famously, you know, he would only give one year extensions wouldn't he to so over 30 so. over 30 um yeah we managed to keep Dennis Bergkamp around for for a while thankfully but uh yeah I don't think these this day and age players you know they need security don't they they need yeah. that two three years just ask William yeah well yeah exactly and that's kind of the mistake we don't want to make but you know, if William was on less yeah. money, it wouldn't be such a big issue. But the fact that he's on huge money and we've got him around for three years, that is the problem. So that's what I mean. We've got to be, we've got to tread carefully with that one. But um, look, I don't want to take away from Lacazette. He had a really good performance. Um, and, you know, unfortunately he got injured. So let's, let's hope he's back soon. Uh, right. Before we wrap up, just a quick reminder that we've got Everton on Friday. Everton drew two with Spurs, obviously, uh, last week. Um, thoughts on, on Everton as a team this year? Because they've been quite inconsistent. Uh, they're currently eighth, so only three points in a, a position ahead of us. Uh, it looked like they were really rampant at one point. Calvert-Lewin banging goals in for fun, um, et etc. Et yeah. But that, that all seems to have kind of slowly washed away a bit, doesn't it? Yeah, massively inconsistent, aren't they? Um, yeah, I don't. Yeah, a lot like us, you know, you, you don't really know what you're going to get. They're, no, they've been sort of thrown together a little bit um, by Ancelotti, and they've spent quite a bit of money. Probably should be higher up in the league, but they're not. Um. Yeah, I, I'm. I think we can beat them, but it just depends, like you say, the the eggs are family in one basket at the moment. So, what sort of team is he going to put out? Yeah, where does it really matter where we finish in the league? 
uh, anyway. And, you know, this is already starting to play into people's minds, isn't it? If if you're already yeah. going to be in that European Super League, who cares if you finish 10th? I mean, I do, because I'm, like you, a bit traditionalist. You know, you want to win the league. You want to be as high up the table as you can. You want to qualify for things on merit. Um, but there is already a sense of, who cares, you know, to put whatever team out and save it for the, the semi-final. Um, so, yeah. Okay, mate. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm with you. Who cares at this point? <laughs> um, eighth, eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh. Does it matter? Not really. Yeah. I mean, at least with the Europa, it's a trophy, right? It's something. Correct. Something for the history, for the record books. We've we've not ne- we've not won much in Europe. You know where we go after that. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, anything else you want to wrap up with before we? Uh, well, yeah. Obviously, we're going to be facing Villa Real in the next round in the of semi-final. Course. Of course, yes. Uh, and of course, managed by Good Evening. The return of Unai. Unai Emery. Hmm. Who do you think? Uh, is under most pressure here. Arteta to to show that you know they made the right choice with me, or or Emery to 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 stick it to us and say, look, you made the wrong choice and should have stuck with me. Uh, it's a good question. I think. What do I think? I think uh, Emery is probably the right choice at the right club now. I think at Arsenal he yep. was the you know maybe the right choice at the wrong club. Um, so I certainly think there's an element of pressure for Arteta to prove that he, he can do it and he's the right man for the job. Um, Vidurao are fifth in La Liga at the minute. Um, yeah, they know, were seventh until this weekend, just yeah, gone. Yeah. Yeah, so you know, fifth in the league, it's a, it's you're always going to get the top three in Spain, you know, first came Madrid, Madrid, Barcelona fighting out for that position, and then from there it's anyone. So you could argue the kind of second in the table in uh, in, in uh, Spain at the moment, um, whereas we're we're further behind, and that's what I mean. He's not a bad manager. He just probably arrived at the wrong time, and we said before his communication skills weren't the greatest. He, he just couldn't speak English, could he? And that's that's always key. Um, and I guess they're on slightly different journeys in their managerial past, aren't they? Because Arteta's only just standing out. Emery's like the Don yeah. in this uh, in this competition in particular. I've got to give him credit for the fact that even with all of those issues I've just spoken about, he managed to get us to a Europa League final. Um, so I think there's more pressure on Arteta, personally speaking. Um, and more of our season rides on this than mm. maybe it does for Villarreal. Um, what about you? Any any disagreement with that, or are you thinking the same? I agree. And having watched um, Villarreal a few times, you know he's got them playing very much similar as to how we we were doing it. Yeah, playing out from the back. They're, they're not great at it, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Uh, they they got a couple of slow sort of 
methodical defenders back there that, you know, and, um, you know, they, he looks to get the fullbacks forward and, and play it across. You know, they've got some exciting players, uh, but I'd like to think we've got enough to, to cope, to be honest, to get to the final. Yeah. But, you know, we'll preview it properly next week after the Everton game. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, um, you know, on another note, Villarreal, nothing to do with this particular fixture, but I always have a bit of a soft spot for Villarreal because, um, of course, if I'm not mistaken, that's where um, Robert Perez went when he left Arsenal. He was there for a few seasons, weren't he? Um, and uh, is uh, I might be completely wrong with this. I know that um, Francis Coughlin left to go to Valencia, but is he now at Villarreal? I'm sure he is. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's yeah. alone at Villarreal. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, you're right. Look, we'll do a proper review on on Monday next week when we when we record the next podcast. Obviously, we uh, give a review of the Everton game and any other developments that have taken place on the European Super League. But we'll we'll definitely preview yeah. the Villarreal game properly, um, and of course answer any questions that you may have. Um, there's just one other tweet that I want to read out, uh, just because it's. It's quite funny, really. Uh, typically, I can't bloody find it. Uh, where's it going? Where's it going? Where's it Here it is. It's from Grandpa FT, who's at Downs in the House, something like that. He put, "Wow, if Chelsea win the FA Cup this season, it will mean 16 of the last 25 FA Cups have been won by Arsenal, Chelsea, and Spurs. Arsenal eight, Chelsea eight, Spurs zero. <laughs> Mad stat, but it's true." <laughs> And obviously that's after uh, Chelsea got through to the uh, FA Cup final to play Leicester City. So everyone's a Leicester City fan. Yep. Uh, Well, we might all be. We might. Yeah, that's true. That's true. We might all be. And thank you for your questions. If you sent those in, your comments, we appreciate it. Uh, As we said right at the beginning of the, uh, the episodes, do make sure you follow us on at Blast Arsenal Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and of course, we'll be back next week with more. Uh, anything from you, Diddley? Uh, thanks again for listening. Thanks for your support. Um, keep it up on Twitter. Cronky uh, out. Hashtag Cronky out. Yes. All right. Catch you next week. See you later. Bye. Bye. Bye bye. Arsenal.